celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. <laughs> oh, I wish this was TV and you could see Molly, the studio stunt dog right now, dressed up in a costume. And it's, it's a lion mane is what it is. She's the perfect color for it. She it just is. blends in and she looks like a real little... Seven pound lion. When I first saw it, I thought that was actually her hair. I thought something <laughs> had happened to her. And uh, but it's very cute. It's a Halloween costume, and Halloween's just around the corner. According to these statistics, sixteen percent of us dress up our animals for Halloween. I believe personally, it's a little more than that. Uh, yeah, I want to see that higher this year, people. Come on, <laughs> uh, see, just all, for you, Judy. <laughs> all you yes. ladies in the studio, you you definitely dress up your animals for Halloween. I don't do that. I, uh, I, you know how I feel about accessories and stuff. Of course, Joey, he dresses up his animals, too. You haven't just found the right outfit, because if you find that right outfit, you yes. were saying, oh, this is so much fun, and uh, you, you'll get on board, I, I guarantee you. <laughs> See, Hal doesn't know, but I took one of his cats, and I put a red cape on him. And he ran and strutted. And uh, I think he was trying to get away from you. No, he wanted to see everybody. At the, he wanted to greet people at the door. He wanted everybody to see him. He thought he looked hot in that red cape. Okay, well, I bring it up because in my hot little hands is a mermaid costume. This is so cute. It is, if I'm going to dress up my animals, God forbid, this might be the <laughs> costume that I would put this uh, put one of my dogs in. It's a beautiful sequined mermaid costume, which will be given away to you. Yes, you, looking down at your radio before the the end of the show today is we talk to an expert on costuming your pets she makes weird and unique costumes uh, that's on the show today also another inventor with a great idea pop-up pee pads wow I know why didn't this. i think of that pop-up pee pads uh you know what i'm just gonna let you imagine what that <laughs> might be and you stick around and you'll find out what it's all about coming up before the end of the show today Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom uh, there's a big animal advocate group that is is doing a first. They are going to bat, actually going to court, against the practice of pet leases. Damn straight. I hate those. Yes, yeah, I know you outlawed. do. Okay, let's go to the phones for your calls first. Well, hello there, Kathy. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Are you on a speakerphone? No, I'm, I'm wearing my headset. Oh, okay. Are you in the bathroom? <laughs> no, is it echoing? <laughs> I'm in a small room. Okay, now you sound great. So where are you calling from today? I'm calling from San Luis Obispo, California. Just down the street from us. So what's going on? Well, what's happening is my mom just adopted, uh, my mom, who's quite elderly, Mm -hmm. just adopted, and I helped her find um, a new cat, um, a a cat for her to have as a companion. Okay. And the cat is eight years old. And her her elderly lady passed away. And in the last couple of years, this happened two years ago, and since then she just kind of got bounced around and, well, she got abandoned at first. Her elderly lady died, and then she just got dumped outside by the family. And then she fortunately got taken in by the Cal Poly Cat Program. Okay. And okay. yes, yeah, she's just she's been through a couple of homes, just really through no fault of her own. But uh, her name is Squeakers, or that's okay. I think it was a nickname. <laughs> but my mom really wanted to name her something nicer, and I was just wondering, uh, at her at eight years old, is it um, 
is it a bad thing to rename a cat, especially this poor kitty who's had so many changes? Yeah. Well, I guess the, the first thing we have to realize is when we name a cat and we call them, how often do they actually come to us? So, so this is a little, maybe a little bit different than a dog in that Mm -hmm. the response time and the turnaround (laughs) that we're going to expect with calling a cat is going to be, you know, maybe a little lower bar than we would have for a dog. So, but that being said, you know, I could understand that if your mom was interested in changing her name, you know, but, you know, I just can't say that it's going to be an easy thing um, to get the expectation that the kitty is oh, going to no, I just, respond I just wanna, and come to the name. I don't want so, to confuse the kitty or make her any more unsure of her situation well, I, than she yeah, might be. I, I don't think it would confuse her unless our expectations made her upset. So if we call a cat and they don't come and we get angry or, no. you know, something about how we respond to them becomes, um, stressful, then it would be stressful for her. But she's not going to care if, she, if you call her, uh, Buffy and she doesn't come. It's not going to bother her. <laughs> It it might frustrate your mother, though, and that might be the thing that, you know, let's, um, I I might just advise to not change the the rules or the name so much because it it really might put your mom in more of a situation where she becomes frustrated that Kitty's not coming to her name or responding to her name in whatever way. Now, it can be done, and if you have the means to assist your mom with this, this is something you can certainly do, um, you know, using food as the reward to kind of retrain her. Um, but my, like I said, my expectations would be a little bit lower, and I, I just don't know that. Um, I would rather see her spend bonding time with her in other ways than, you know, trying to change her name. Um, so okay. it's just my two cents there that's that's good and my my mom's quite my mom's 92 and she she kind of forgets what she wanted to call her anyway oh yeah yeah so um (laughs) she just she had a hard time with squeakers Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. But um but you know a lot of people I mean how many of us call a, a cat kitty and, you know, do they come to us? Maybe. You know, maybe it's more of our vocal intonation, um, mm-hmm. if we're shaking something that's exciting to them. So that might be the things that you could look at doing, you know, if your mom is struggling with yeah. that name or chooses a different one and it comes out more naturally for her. Um, sure. You, you can definitely pair she's that. The kitty Squeakers, Squeakers slash Daisy, uh, loves to be brushed. So I suggested to my mom that maybe she you know, brush her or just have some kind of enjoyable time mm-hmm. and, um, you know, speak her, you know, think of a name at that time, talk to her. She's she's getting along very well. She's not at all frightened. Like, oh, I'm good. That's good. And it sounds like she'll be a great companion companion yeah. for your mom. So that's My wonderful. Mom. And, you know, that is the power of the human-animal bond. It keeps us healthier, keeps us going, and really gives us some some sense of purpose in our lives. So thank you so much for your call, Kathy. We appreciate uh, you, you calling and bringing up that question. It's a good and question. Best of luck. And there's only one thing that my cat comes to, and that's the can opening. That is, I, you can call, <laughs> call him anything. Who's this? This is Sherry from Oregon. Hey, Sherry, how are you doing? Excellent. And you? Good. What's going on? Well, I have three little dogs, uh, two chihuahuas and a Yorkie. They're all females. And um, they get along really good for the most part, but every once in a while they really get into it. I mean, the teeth showing and everything, and I'm just kind of wondering if I should break that up or leave them alone and let them figure out what they need to figure out. 
Well, it kind of depends here. So what are the squabbles over? Do you know? Usually it's a toy, um, and they have certain places on the bed where they lay. And if one of them gets in the other one's place, especially at nighttime in the middle of the night, if one of them gets in the other one's place and they go to get back in there after they've gone out and potty, then they get mad at each other like, that's my spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, should you break up fighting dogs? You know what? My opinion is I would rather them talk it out than them fight it out. So your okay. job is to actually anticipate what is going to set them off and what are the problematic areas. So it's far better to not allow it to escalate to the point where we could actually have an injury. Now, okay. if they're talking it out, they might, you know, non-verbally, they might give each other a look, there might be a little grumble, and it should cease there. So there should always be a point where dogs defer to another one. So, hey, that's your favorite spot. Okay, I got it. Um, that's your favorite toy. Okay, cool. And if they don't, then we don't want to yell at them. We don't want to scream, say, hey, stop that. Um, because that mm-hmm. can actually make their anxiety worse in those situations. But that's where you can help to try to direct their behavior. Um, so if there is a particular toy, making sure that that is separate, where we won't have a squabble over that. Um, if okay. coming in the back door means they're going to have a spot that they're going to all go running for and jump, then we control their entry and maybe separate them so that we don't mm-hmm. have those um, those squabbles. But a a lot of this also depends on you being the leader in the household and um, making sure that they understand that, hey, when mom's around, we don't have to fight because everything's all figured out. So a lot of times I find that um, dogs will tend to fight, you know, over attention for the the family members, um, you know, sitting on laps, things like that, sitting next to you. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. goes back to where you just need to make sure that each and every one of them understand that you got it, you're in charge, and the rules... They all have their space on mom's lap. It is hilarious. And they don't really fight over that. But, you know, people say that, well, I don't, I'd say when I say people, that dogs can't get jealous. And I believe that they can. Well, they they definitely have the things that, that are important to them, whereas another dog might not have something that's important to them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but I, I would have to say that um, you know these particular things, items, uh, spots. Um, it's really important to recognize that when this is happening, and we want to make sure we don't yell at someone who's um, doing the right thing in the right situation. So, you know, right. if you've got one dog that's already lying on a spot, and the other dog. Yeah. It's her favorite spot. She really wants up there and she growls or snaps. That is not an appropriate response. So no matter whose favorite spot is, we don't want to reinforce the dog that is acting inappropriately or aggressively. So it doesn't matter whose favorite spot is. If you're growling and snapping and acting a fool, that is not appropriate and you're not going to get what you want. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Well, you lucky dog, don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes, helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop.
All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. And now an Animal Radio News Brief. A Colorado woman's been arrested on suspicion of animal cruelty after she allegedly shoved her chihuahua puppy down her pants. The incident occurred during a domestic dispute in which police found Jonah Turner arguing with a man. According to the NBC affiliate KUSA in Denver, Turner had agreed to leave the premises but insisted on taking her dogs with her. Well, where else are you going to stuff a chihuahua but down your pants? Police arrived. Eyewitnesses told them to search Turner's pants, and when they did, a chihuahua fell out. The puppy was unharmed, but Turner was charged with one count of misdemeanor animal cruelty. She pleaded not guilty. Maybe she was trying to save that puppy's life, and that was the best place to put it because nobody wanted to go down her pants to find it. Who knows? All right. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at AnimalRadio.pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We are so proud to have the dog father, Joey Volani, on Animal Radio. Straight from the Groomer Protection Program, which uh, protects them from other groomers. Uh, apparently, you've made some enemies by giving out tips and, you know, advice that could actually hurt some of your friends. And you, financially, of course, right? Yeah, you know what? I mean, sometimes they get leaked out because... You know, other people on the show leak out my, my secrets. But other times, a lot of times, you know, I give them out. Because we want your pet to look the best they possibly can. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's, it's an extension of you. If your pets look great, um, you know, they, they, you, you think the, the, you know, the people look great. And when your pet looks like a stroopyard, um, you know, and the person looks like a stroopyard. So true. So a true. What? A what? Stroopyard. You know what that is. <laughs> it's a stroopyard. It's no, like, no, uh, it's a tie-in for like, um, I don't know, like slob, um, you know, like, like oh. I don't know, it's slang. <laughs> New Jersey it's Italian slang is what it is. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I want to talk about something because, you know, it's funny that you're even talking about this because you don't know my tics, tips, but I want to talk about accessorizing okay. so your pet actually stands out. You know, it's funny because there's a lot of little things that, that, you, that you can do to your pet because people always ask me, you know, what can I do to make my pet look different and... There's only so many haircuts you can do, only so many times you can brush, comb, but there's a lot of things you can do. I mean, if you look online now, they make, they make all kinds of bows, barrettes, bandanas, um, color, um, hair extensions, um, hair extensions with colors, um, for your pet now. And these are things that are real easy to apply. Hair, um, hair extensions. And- 
Now, yeah, yeah, they're called, they're called. This is this isn't actually anything that's new. This is something that um, breeders um, have been doing for a while, and and they're called whips, um, where they would actually put them in, in a poodle's top knot to um to to give to, a, top a knot. Full, I'm a, sorry, I'm not familiar <laughs> with that. Top a top knot is um is the hairpiece on top of the poodle's head. Okay, and it's called a top knot. Uh-huh. And um, you know, to give it a a much um a fuller appearance. Um, and um, it's it's been used for a while, but now it's been brought to the you know general public, where you know they can have a little bit of fun with it, and and you know just like a, you ever see women with them, with those um, hair, extensions? hair extensions you can sure. buy. No, but the ones that you can buy like in Claire's or something, you know, where they could just they could just add a little a little bit of hair. Um, it's basically just like that. They clip right in. They look great, and you know some have feathers, some have different colors. What, what do the dogs like, think of it? Do they think, oh, what's that thing hanging on my fur? I think I think that sometimes they're a little bit like you know what's going on, but the attention that they get, you know, a, a lot of people say that it's unfair for the pet because they can't. But I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, the, the, what what I have seen is is the pets actually love the attention that they end up getting, um, you know, from it. They 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 it, because it, it is an attention grab. I mean, you see a dog that has pink and purple, um, you know, splashes of color in it, and their hair extensions, or just something that looks different, whether that be feathers, barrettes, bows, bandanas, um, you know, or I mean, there's there's so many different types of accessories. I can go on and on and on and on. But if you want to jazz your pet up, it's real easy to do. Hmm. Okay. That's uh. You know, Judy loves that kind of stuff. And uh, Lori, do you dress your dogs up? Do any kind of accessorizing with your dogs? Um, all the time. Do you really? You haven't seen my my new Facebook profile picture? Uh, no, I meant. <laughs> I put four dress up pictures in one profile picture. <laughs> See, I wish I could do something like that to Ladybug, but she doesn't have any hair to clip to, so I can't. I can't put any extensions on her. Maybe a wig. They do have those wigs. I could try one of those. You know what you'll like, Judy, is today we're having somebody on who makes costumes, Halloween costumes. Because oh, it's, how fun. But they have come along so far in the last uh, few years. Uh-huh. There's this one that looks exactly like a lion's mane, and you put it on your dog. <laughs> your dog looks like... Uh-huh. We're going to give away some of those today. And I guess that's sort of accessorizing once a year. Yeah. You know, I have to say, I worked for a vet years ago, and there were two... Rottweilers that would come in together, and they were actually police dogs. Uh-huh. But in their downtime, when they weren't working, they had a chest full of costumes, and they would go over and open the chest and pull out a costume for their owner to put on them because they loved wearing their costumes. Mm-hmm. Okay, my dogs love. My dogs would cry to get their costumes on. Really, you know, costumes really? Came, oh yes, especially when I had Miles. Miles would cry and, and and couldn't wait. I mean, he couldn't wait till you put the um. You, when I was married, Elaine used to put um a it was like a collar with bells on it, and he would love this collar. When the collar with bells came out, he would go crazy. He loved it, and he'd branch around the house. Oh, they know the attention they get. Hmm. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm the only sane one here, right? Tell me, call me, let me know if I'm. Uh, off the rocker here or, or, or what should i be doing more accessorizing or dressing my animals in tutus let me know you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and android holy education hi this is Bert ward robin from the tv series batman You've got to keep listening to Animal Radio. Wowie zowie. They've got the best information. It's so entertaining. To the Batmobile citizens. 
If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. The Food and Drug Administration has issued a warning that some medications in the isoxazoline class, those meds like uh, Brevecto, Credilio, Nexgard, and Simparica, that those drugs may do more than just combat flea and tick infestations because they're saying it turns out they all have the potential of causing seizures, muscle tremors, or Ooh. other neurological problems in pets. Pretty darn scary. The FDA says the drugs are safe to use for most animals, but they have issued this warning recommending that pet parents talk to their veterinarian and review their pet's medical history. Wow. Now, although most dogs and cats haven't had neurologic adverse reactions, seizures can still occur in animals without a prior history of reactions. That means if they have received an isoxazoline flea or tick treatment before and didn't have a reaction, that they could still have a reaction to it in the future. Kind of like seafood for some people. Wow. So the FDA came out with that. They're usually pretty yes. uh, lenient, uh, so it must be serious. What are the brands again? The brands are Brevecto, Credelio, C-R-E-D-E-L-I-O, uh, NextGuard, which you've probably heard of, and Simparica. Yeah, we use uh, both Brevecto and NextGuard, so we're going to have to keep yeah. an eye out. I, that worries yeah. me. Because you know how I feel about these chemicals. We use Brevecto as well. Yes. I totally agree. Okay. It's scary. Thanks for the heads up. Um, We've talked a lot before, Hal, about animal leasing plans and how um, people often get taken by them. Mm -hmm. Well, now the ASPCA has filed a lawsuit in New Jersey on behalf of two sisters who unknowingly entered into a pet leasing agreement so that they could buy an eight-week-old golden retriever puppy from a pet store. Well, both the lender and the pet store are now targeted in this lawsuit. If you haven't heard about the leasing of pets before, it can be a very deceptive practice. Pet stores and online puppy sellers, they offer these pet leasing plans to make high-priced puppies appear more affordable within reach. Consumers may think that they're opting for a standard payment plan, you know, like a little loan, but many of these arrangements are actually leases, exactly what they say they are, where they are required to make inflated monthly payments while the leasing company retains ownership of the dog. And at the end of the lease, the consumer is then required to make an additional payment if they want to keep the dog. Wow. You know what? If if you haven't heard us talking about it before, this is the first time, do not, absolutely do not get a pet at a pet store with any kind of payment plan whatsoever. Stay away from that. 
And, and you know what? I'm glad the ASPCA is going after the pet stores because up to this point, we've only been kind of uh, pointing our fingers to the lenders. But the pet stores should know this is not good either. Right. And uh, in this case, Hal, if you didn't hear, uh, the sisters uh, had to pay a total of $5,300 at the end of their two-year leasing agreement. And the purchase price was $3,500. And the SBA kind of goes on to say a little bit of what you said. Uh, they believe pet leasing agreements raise significant animal welfare issues because they support the commercial breeding and retail pet store industries by making it easier to sell high-priced puppy mill dogs. Mm. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And uh, yes, you have questions for Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani. And yes, they will answer them coming up in just a couple of minutes. First, we're going to visit with Bill Klein. You may remember the uh, TLC special, The Little Couple. Well, Bill, Bill is been on that and was one of the little couples and has now invented something that is so cool and so unique and so different we had to share it with you hi bill welcome to the show hey how are you very good so i saw a picture and the best way to understand (laughs) what you've done is looking at the picture it's real explanatory i didn't even need to look at any of the text surrounding the picture you have created a pee pad a very unique pee pad which reminds me very much of the pop-up books i used to have as a youngster can, can you explain what it is? Um, the, uh, the the pad is is pretty straightforward. Um, male dogs, specifically small male dogs that uh, have had a proclivity for uh, going to the bathroom on furniture, corners of couches, fun stuff like that, uh, no longer need to uh, to to you know pee on the on the furniture anymore. This is a pad that has a target uh, right in the middle of the pad, um, so that uh, when your dog uh, aims. Um, uh, there's no more cleaning up afterward. Can you explain to listeners what the target is? <laughs> yeah, it's a hydrant. So it's a little fire hydrant that's uh, pre-attached to a uh, training pad. Um, there's an attractant on the pad. There's uh, super-absorbent material inside the pad. So it behaves like a regular pad, except as you unfold it, a fire hydrant pops up in the middle. And when it, the dog's done doing their business, it folds down, and you can toss it. Now, you created this out of necessity. Was it because you had an issue with one of your dogs? Yes, ma'am. So, you know, I, I had uh, a Chihuahua, uh, little little Rocky, and Rocky was our first uh, dog me and my wife had uh, together. And um, when we moved to Texas, we moved into an apartment. Um, I was using a landline to conduct business, and my little dog uh, didn't want to wait for me to get off of conference calls. And um, so as I'm on a call that I couldn't, you know, get off the phone from, uh, my dog would look at me, pretty much eye eye contact made, and then pee on the corner of the furniture. And I couldn't uh, express any sort of dismay because, of course, (laughs) that would uh, upset whomever it was I was on the phone with. And uh and so I, I, you know, I tolerate it, but of course that almost uh, condones the behavior, right. and it just kind of became a vicious cycle of uh, repetitive behavior. And so, um, at the end of the day, uh, I put a pad underneath the chair leg that he uh, deemed to be uh, worthy of him, and um, and and that was kind of the uh, the, the dawn of uh, the pop up pee pad. After that, it was just a matter of figuring out how do I come up with something that I don't have to clean 
um, in addition to uh, uh, the pee pad. So you know, this is one of those things that I'm like, why didn't I think of this? <laughs> this did you I have know, that moment? Clever. It is. Yeah, you know, it, it was one of those things where you know, I, I to start off with, I was thinking exactly the way you were uh, uh, a. Uh, uh, like a like a card that you received when you were a kid with the little tab that kind of made it pop up and go down, and uh, and I was messing around with my brother one day. I was I was stuck in traffic on my way from uh, Orlando Airport, and uh, I shared the idea with him. He said, "Well, give me a night to mess with it." Him and his uh, wife uh, broke out some uh, scissors, and uh, and they helped me come up with the uh, the idea of just attaching. Uh, to two parts of the pad to uh, to make it pop up instead of using some sort of action to make it pop up, and uh, it wound up working out great. It's uh, you know so we came up with the patent. Um, we filed the patent back in uh, 2017. We were issued uh, a utility patent for it, and so it uh, it works out real well. And of course the hydrant is kind of novelty, uh, but everybody gets it. You know we when we brought it to our first patent attorney to take a peek at. Uh, at first, he was kind of like, oh, what do you got for me today? And we unfolded it. He started laughing. <laughs> wait, wait, got it. wait, wait, wait. What do you got for me today? So this isn't your first invention, is it? No, no, no. It, it, it's mine. Okay. I think uh, my, my brother may have uh, been to him with, you know, uh, a number of different okay. off-the-wall kind of oddball ideas. And, and so uh, so this was one of those things where, you know, I'm sure patent attorneys deal with it all the time, you know, uh, some, some crazy goofball idea and... Uh, and it makes no sense, or it's been done a billion times, and uh, and so this was unique, but it was also simple, and uh, and he got it right away, which was great because you know laughter is my marketing, uh, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, and it's a product that you don't have to explain or have yeah. massive demonstrations for people to understand. Have any big companies come out of the woodwork and said, "Hey, we want to buy that patent"? Yeah, we're well, no, not buy the patent, but we have been working with people to uh, to release the product. So I'm hoping that uh, by the end of the year or early next year, we'll be releasing in uh, a whole bunch of stores. But um, we have a few uh, that we're working with now, and and we're we're growing steadily, which is kind of exciting. So does Rocky use it frequently now? You know, Rocky Rocky is a testament to the to the product. You know, I first made a we made a, about a thousand um, prototypes. Um, which I think at that point is considered production, but it was a thousand prototypes <laughs> that we handed out to sell. And uh, yeah, we, there was there, there might be some blood on some of those, so we couldn't sell those. Um, but we we made them all by hand, and we handed them out to the sh- uh, people at the trade show at uh, Global Pet, and uh, we wanted to test the water, see what you know what what uh, the performance was, and uh, it was really well received. So we went right into production, but we had no need for, you know, probably 800 of these uh, samples. So I've been using them ever since. Um, So I I buy my own product, and I also use the samples. And Rocky uses it every single day. My my son now knows how to change the pads out for me, so he disposes of the one, puts out the new one. Uh, You know, with Rocky, he doesn't pee too much. Uh, You know, volume's kind of small, but, you Uh know, um, frequent. And so uh, it's good for two or three uh, uh, shots a day, and then we uh, turn out the old pad and put up a new one. So it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty resilient. And, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not only the hair club president, I'm also a member. Sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, we can get this at Amazon. Yeah, yeah, you can get it at Amazon. You can get it at my store in uh, Houston, of course. You can buy it on uh, my site. Uh, we're at a number of different independents now, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll start growing uh, – 
into those bigger box stores so that everybody can find us. Okay, we'll put links over at AnimalRadio.pet. And, of course, you can hit As Heard on Animal Radio right on the front page of AnimalRadio.pet to find out more about the pop-up pee pad. Thank you, Bill, for hanging with us and for this amazing invention. I bow to you right now. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate it, guys. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. This is Animal Radio, baby. And let's go to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Pretty good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Right now I'm in Brooksville, Florida. Florida, okay. And uh, what's going on? I have the entire Dream Team here for you. Well, I have a domestic short hair. She's about 20, 21 pounds. Holy cow. She's always been a healthy cat, and her mother, (laughs) I say her mother, my wife, she uh, has the uh, open buffet, which Mm, is the the open food bowl. She just pours the bag of food in and... The cat eats insatiably, okay. nonstop. I mean, we come home, and she hops down off the table and runs to the food bowl. We come out okay. of the back of the bedroom, out of the back of the house, and she hops down off the table and runs to the food bowl. And she stays indoors, or does she go outside? Oh, yeah. No, she's an indoor cat. Okay. So, and then, so what's prompting you to call? Because you said she's always been big. Is there some change in her health or well, something that has I'm, you concerned? I'm just curious, is the insatiable appetite or is it just that the food's there and I'm going to eat it? Uh, could be a little both. I know that's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So the the truth is that um, for dogs and cats, I mean, just like people, everybody has a kind of a different hunger set point um, when we feel like we're hungry. Some of that's set up on um, the type of food we eat. Some of it's genetic. Some of it's based on of our activity level. Um, okay. So for a kitty that is, um, I'm going to presume that a 20 to 21 pound weight for her is excessive, that she's overweight. Um, yeah. So um, if I had a picture of her and I could see her, um, you know, for cats that are generally that big, unless they're a Maine Coon, they're generally kind of potato shaped and they got a little head. So if that's kind of yeah. what her f- physique looks like, then she's going to fit into the obese category. And the sad truth is about 35% of U.S. cats are actually obese, um, overweight or obese. So it is a huge amount. And some of this is where learning is there's some strategies and changes that we can actually adopt, do different things to help. And I think it's really important to recognize first that cats in the wild, whatever kind of cat it is, a tiger, a a domestic cat that's outside, um, they are Mm -hmm. actually hunters. So they basically are going to go out, chase their prey, eat it and consume it. That prey is actually very high in protein and fat, but it isn't so high in carbohydrate. And and in fact, if you look at what like, you know, a mouse is made up of, (laughs) a mouse is like um, only maybe one or 2% carbohydrate. And the reason this is interesting is when we look at dry food, kibble that you pour in the bowl, that is generally around 40% carbohydrate. 
So the difference is if we know cats are meant to be carnivores, but we pour this kibble in the bowl, that is essentially carbohydrate is energy. And if she's putting on weight, she doesn't need that level of energy. But the unfortunate thing... So the unfortunate thing is um, a lot of these high-carbohydrate diets, actually, they actually want to keep eating it. <laughs> so we know that if we switch cats that are having this type of problem to a higher protein and limited carbohydrate diet, it actually kind of resets their hunger level because protein and fat have the benefit of um, affecting the speed at which the stomach empties. So it makes them feel fuller longer than if they get a lot of carbohydrate. It's kind of like, you know, if I sit down with a bag of chips, you know, I feel satisfied. I love to eat them. I'm going to keep eating them. But, you know, next I'm going to say, okay, where's my dessert now? I want more. Whereas if you eat a good protein meal, you feel a bit more satisfied for some time. So um, for cats, we just have to think a little bit differently. So what this means is that if we're thinking about what's the best food for some cats, um, it may be best to go to a canned food because canned foods are actually much lower in um, the carbohydrates. Um, there's a lot more moisture in there, which is good for their kidneys as well. Um, so that would be one strategy that we can look at doing. Now, now that's, that, that sounds good, but we've tried every cat treat that's come out, just about. Mm. She won't touch any of them, mm. but she likes, she likes chicken. I mean, cooked, mm-hmm. we've done, my, she cooks it in the microwave because she doesn't want to add anything to it mm-hmm. um, and gives it straight up, gives her chicken, chops it all up, makes it all mushy and, oh. you know, pates it, I guess. But she yeah. she's very finicky. If she don't like it, she'll scratch the food bowl all day okay, long. Okay, all right. We have to dispel something right here. Fat cats are not finicky. <laughs> they are masters <laughs> at manipulating. They are not That's- finicky. <laughs> Yeah, she just awesome. knows how to ring your bell, man. That's all this is. That's so sounds like I ring her bell. I'm the one that wants to put the lid on the open buffet at least, you know, eight hours yeah, a day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay, so if I understand what you're saying is that if I do something like that, I need to make sure that the protein and the fat content is See, I'm going to have to look at the food now. Yeah, um, and and if she's in if she's in the category of an obese cat, this is really something that I would suggest some veterinary direction for a couple reasons. One is that to mm-hmm. help you pick the right food, and there are some great different strategies that we can go with diet. Whether you do a dry food or a canned food, because there are some other even dry foods that are high in protein, lower in carbohydrates, and in fact, we use them all the time with diabetic cats, and they're very successful. Sometimes putting diabetic cats in remission. So that's oh. one thing. There's also a really wonderful weight loss food um, that I use from Hill called metabolic diet, and I really love it. I've had some cats lose a tremendous amount of weight on that. So that's another thing your veterinarian may help you with. But the other reason that it's so important not to try to handle this yourself and to change foods and and be real strict is because cats, if we kind of pull the rug under them and they stop eating, they can actually go into a type of a liver condition called hepatic lipidosis. So meaning if they don't eat for a couple days, that liver tries to kind of mobilize a new energy pathway and it can actually cause some very serious liver failure. So um, I would want you to work with your veterinarian on this. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? 
We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800-478-6084 800-478-6084 That's 800-478-6084 Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Boom! Did that scare you? It didn't scare you. Well, this costume will. This costume, if you put it on your dog, it will scare everybody. They'll say, there's a mermaid walking around. Because it's a mermaid costume for your maybe chihuahua. It's a small dog costume. And we're small gonna, to medium. Small to medium. Okay, we're going to give this out before the end of the hour. And we're going to find out about the inventor and uh, what kind of other costumes she's made. They're very unique. Very, you know, you see every year the same old costumes, the hot dog and the jockey and the taco, all of those. I mean, they're cute and everything, but it's about time we freshen it up, and this lady has done that. That'll happen before the end of the show today. You know, while the gals in the studio like to dress up their animals, sometimes Halloween can be actually a bad time for your animals. It can be a scary time. Because imagine people coming to the door, which, (laughs) you know, like Ladybug, she already barks like nobody's business when somebody comes to the door. But imagine that person being dressed up as the Reaper or a skeleton or something really freaky. So a clown. Yeah. The clowns freak me out. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So you want to make sure if you're dressing your animal up, if you're taking them out trick-or-treating, that, of course, they do indeed like that. Of course, around my house, I just turn off the lights so the kids <laughs> don't come to the door. And I put on some music so you can't hear the kids outside screaming. And I try to keep the animals pretty calm, which, you know, uh, can be quite a, a task. Idea. Yeah. For right. S- if, you're, if your pets don't like it, then it's best to give them that kind of way to get away and not, uh, you know, close those blinds so they don't see all the kids walking down the street. Because that would drive my dogs crazy if they were afraid of, you know, things and saw people moving in front of the house. They'd think it's their job to mm. bark. Yep. The day after Halloween, do you see a chocolate poisoning over at your clinic? You know, we see it. Um, we see a lot of chocolate ingestions around the holidays. They're just not always. I think I, I can recall. You know, as a kid, you know, we used to hide the bag of chocolate for a long time to keep it away from mom and dad, so they wouldn't take it. So you know, maybe some of this would be talking to your children. Is that you know, make sure the candy is stored in a safe area where your pets cannot get to it, because um, you might be enjoying it the day after Halloween or maybe a couple weeks later. But you know, still keep it away. Mm-hmm. Put it in a safe area where I well I won't get it to it. I, I'm the real threat. I'll eat all your candy. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Uh, just heard that a major city is going to be banning something that, gosh, is going to cause fashion chaos for the Kardashians. Oh, no. Oh, woe mm-hmm. is us. Yeah. And let's go to Sam. Hey, Sam, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing this morning? Very good. good. Uh, really good. Where are you calling from? Uh, California. California, okay. 
Well, I've got the whole dream team here. We're ready to answer your questions. What's going on with your animals? Uh, you know what? I have a little, um, she's, she's as big as a Pomeranian, and she's always scratching. And uh, this happened, started happening like a year ago. And I've taken her to the bed, and she had no fleas. And, and then uh, a month ago, I took her to get her uh, fixed. And um, they told me she might have a, a fungus. Mm, okay. And, and I, I don't know, because she's, she's always biting uh, her uh, beginning of her tail. Okay. And I look and look, and there's nothing. You know, sometimes I find a little scab here and there, but no fleas, though. I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, is, is she chewing anywhere else on her body, or is it just at that tail base area? Well, sometimes I, I see when she sits down, she'll scratch, and I look uh, when she's scratching un- underneath her, like um, by her chest, but there's, okay. there's no fleas or none of like that. And then uh, I, get, I, took, I take her a bath, I buy her flea collars, beach spray, everything, nothing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes okay. when, I, when I scratch her back, I find something like little scabs about it. All right. So there's definitely you're in an area where fleas are a big concern. So um, even if we don't see them, um, uh-huh. it's cheaper to treat for them. And in many cases, it can just take one flea bite that makes a pet itchy for weeks. So oh. it's really important that you are actually treating for that. And there's some different strategies. There's the quick kill products like things like Capstar, which is a pill that you give. Um, there's some really wonderful um, new oral products as well, um, Brevecto, NexGuard, that work for several months at a time for flea control. But I do think that that would be important to include that because one of the main areas we look for fleas is right at the rumpy area. Right, Um, right. So I do think that's an important thing to do. Um, the other things that I think of, especially if she's itching elsewhere, is, you know, we may have a pet that, uh, you know, could have something like allergies. Um, your veterinarian mentioned something about like a, a fungus, like a, maybe like a, a yeast that she might be having on the skin. And they can get yeast or bacteria that causes them to be itchy as well. So, you know, uh-huh. making sure that we're treating that if they have a suspicion for that. Because um, itch doesn't stop with things like yeast unless you treat that. Right. Um, so the other thing that we can start looking at are ways to manage itch. And for every pet, it's a little different. You know, for pets with mild like allergy or itchings, we may try things like Benadryl with fatty acids, other antihistamines. Um, uh, there's Benadryl. Uh huh. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. there can be some other drugs that are more potent for itches. So say we have a dog that we really digging themselves up. Some dogs will go to steroids, um, things like prednisone. But there's right. actually some new drugs that are really good for pets just to kind of kill that itch cycle. And um, actually, we just started using a, a new injectable product, and it's called Caddy, C-A-D-I, and it's really exciting. It, it stops the, kind of the pathway, the signals in the itch cycle. So for pets with allergies or a lot of other things, even things like skin mites, um, it can help to kind of make them more comfortable within as quick as a day. Um, oh, okay. So, and, and that's actually not so much a drug drug. It's more what we call a monoclonal antibody. Sure. So um, kind of exciting stuff there. Now, you were talking about Benadryl. I got to ask this dog. Mm-hmm. Benadryl, yeah. the same kind that uh, humans take? Yeah, certainly um, it is. Um, now, we always do this with um, your doctor's direction because the dose we base off of the pet's overall health and whether or not they have other concurrent problems. Um, so, um, But, yeah, we can use Benadryl. There's other antihistamines that are used in people, like uh, sometimes we'll use Zyrtec or um, hydroxazine is another one that people use. Back to the Benadryl, uh, is it a higher dose than what humans 
take? It's actually, yeah, it is actually higher. Um, so, yeah, uh, for large dogs, I mean, people take, what, a 25-milligram Benadryl? Yeah. Um, and large dogs might take 50 milligrams or more, so it, it would put us under the table for probably a day and a half. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah. And I don't like to discuss doses on the radio just because, you know, I don't know all your pet's specific diagnoses, so I can't really advise you on how much you should give. But, you know, you can definitely talk to your doctor about a specific drug no, dose for her. What can I purchase that caveat? Well, it is an injection, and that'll only be at your veterinarian, and it is a new product, so you may have to kind of check around to see. Um, but that, plus some of the other drugs, um, well, there's one called Apoquel that's really fabulous for dogs with allergies. We just have to do a little more kind of screening and checking with pets with right. that one. I just feel sorry for it, and my are scratching, there's nothing I can do about it, you know? Yeah, well, there are some things, but we just really have to kind of, and, and in any situation, what I usually do is I'll say, okay, this is what I would like to do to figure out what's the cause. And then these are some of the therapies we might use. And depending on the budget, honestly, and how long the pets have the problem, we kind of pick and choose what we need to do. So if it's a matter that, um, say, we have a kind of a narrow budget to work with, we may say, okay, I'd like to test these minimal things, but let's try these steps. And that might be treating for mites um, with one of these oral products. Right. It might be using a shampoo. It might be making sure we're doing some good flea control. Um, and then maybe something to help with the itch. So um, I, I think there's a lot of things that can be done, but the, the first step is kind of asking for help and making sure we, we start to direct that towards her skin. Well, thank you so much, Doctor. Sam, we wish you the best of luck. If you have any more questions or need a follow-up, just give us a call. Sam calling from Pasadena, listening on Coast 103.5. If you'd like to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, call us, and she'll dole out some great advice, second opinions. We have lots of people that'll call and say, I just want a second opinion or a third opinion. <laughs> or just an opinion. Just an opinion. And really, she's the only one educated here to give That's right. a valid That's opinion. Right. She went to school for that. We're just radio lackeys, uh, lucky to have a job. And we Come bow. On Everybody's got a Dr. Google degree. Come on. I know. <laughs> Do you hate that when people come into your office and they say, well, I looked it up on Google and this is what my dog has? Okay, you know, there's good times and then there's bad times where that can make things better or worse. But I will tell you, I have to admit, when I have symptoms for myself, I often pull the internet out and will try to self-diagnose. I, I see it as a challenge and a puzzle. It's, uh, you know, I don't always, obviously, I know I'm not always right, but it's just, I like to try to figure it out before I go there. And I think people do the same thing about their pets. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I know for me, I'll go to WebMD and, it, it, you know, just you put in a few symptoms and suddenly I, I have uh, cancer or the gremlins. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Bingo. That's it. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Now, an animal radio news brief. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, if you've got a dog, you probably talk to him. And a study in current biology reveals that dogs pay attention to what we say and how we say it. The study used eye tracking techniques that's similar to methods that they use to evaluate babies. Josef Topol of the Hungarian Academy of Science concludes that dogs indeed read our facial expressions and just don't rely on verbal commands. He contends that the interactions become part of their social development. For instance, 
instance, humans kneeling on the floor to play with their dogs, they'll notice more direct eye contact and subsequently more of a desire on the dog's part to communicate than if the human just throws a toy without direct eye contact with their four-legged companion. So what you want to do is get on the floor and bark like a dog. If you want to keep your dog's attention and you spend a lot of time talking to them, keep talking to them. It really seems to work and it makes the bond between dogs and humans even stronger. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet. Alan Cable with your real dogs doing amazing things. Watch. You're in Trapper Creek, Alaska, 116 miles north of Anchorage. When you crash your snowmobile, it happened to Otis Orth. When he finally came to a standstill, he couldn't move, but he could talk to his golden retriever, Amber. Turns out Otis had a neck injury and had dislocated both of his arms. He laid out there helpless for 24 hours. You can imagine how cold it was. The only reason he survived the night was because of the warmth of Amber, his dog, laying next to him. At 1.30 p.m. the next day. Otis heard the sound of a snowmobile and told his dog Amber to go get them. It was Tom Taylor and his brother. They saw the snowmobile and just assumed the rider was in the woods going to the bathroom. That's when Amber ran out and they didn't want her to follow them so they sped up but she just would not give up. Finally they slowed down and Amber ran back to the spot where Otis was in the woods. That's when Taylor decided to check it out and found Orth lying on the snow. From his hospital bed at the Providence Alaska Medical Center, Otis says I owe that dog my life. This is Animal Radio, baby. Hi, this is NASCAR driver Corey Joyce on Animal Radio and uh, Spain New Year Pets. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to stay and new to your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Here at Animal Radio, we are not speciesists. We love animals of all sorts, all kinds of breeds, all kinds of animals. And if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, these particular animals, there's a great how-to guide for them. And Dr. Debbie wrote it. It's how to be your dog's best friend. They are Kindle books. They're available over at Amazon, and we have links from AnimalRadio.pet. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Well, I'm somewhere in southern Illinois, headed to Minnesota. Well, what's going on? How can we help you? Well, I, um, I'm calling about a, a macaw that my wife got uh, about a week ago. And she uh, bought this macaw. It's about three months old. And um, when we brought it home, we noticed, you know how they spread their wings and kind of stretch out? Mm-hmm. The left wing is fully formed in there, but the right wing ends at, like, the elbow. Oh. You can't, yeah, you can't really tell that the right wing isn't all there until it spreads its wings out. 
And then okay. it's like, well, yeah, that doesn't look right, you know? <laughs> so the bird's tried to fly once or twice, and it'll take off from the cage, and it won't nosedive into the ground or anything, but it doesn't get any loft. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess what, what the question is, is this, this uh, somewhat normal at all for a bird to be born with a deformity like this, or... Is this maybe something that just hasn't fully grown yet? Okay. Well, uh, that's um, very interesting. You know, I'm always, Dr. Debbie always like kind of likes the weird and strange things. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish I could see your bird's wing because it sounds very interesting and something that I do think a vet should take a look at. Um, especially because we are a juvenile. Um, a young bird, you know, if this was something that was more of a growth deformity, we want to intervene when they're young. However, if this wing is short and you just, like, say there's half the wing that is on the other side, um, yeah, it could be a, a congenital de- deformity. And um, while that's not necessarily what we would call normal, it isn't uncommon. And we can definitely see birds born with various deformities, um, whether they affect the wing or the limb. Um, so it definitely can happen. But uh, I would definitely encourage you to just because some of these guys can get some different kinds of contracture. Um, so basically a tightening down of the soft tissues and those kind of things we may be able to help and do something for. But if there's only if there's only half a wing on that side, um, it's not going to grow in kind of what you got is what you got. Um, but I would hope we could preserve what God did give this bird and hopefully, um, you know, keep him comfortable and uh you know, not have that create more of a problem. And I would be very cautious with allowing the bird to jump and, and to do starts and flying because um, that's actually how we break uh, the good wing. A lot of times when, when birds jump, if we don't have the lift that he needs to get up, um, you know, we can definitely land on the ground, put the wings down and fracture the opposite side. So be very cautious with that. That's something you, you have certainly have a special needs bird that is going to need a little extra attention and uh, not that the bird can't live a you know healthy normal life yeah. but uh, may not just be a flight bird that's all right he seems to be he seems to be fine he doesn't try to fly much but like if my wife puts him on you know they've got their little perches that they pull around behind him that he sits on and if she walks into the other room and leaves him on the perch well he doesn't like that which is kind of unique because they've only been together for a week and this bird's already attached to her. But, oh, that happens quick, yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick. So she'll walk into the other room and he doesn't want to let her out of, her, out of his sight. So he'll try to, um, you know, get into that next room. But he can't. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's no lock. He can't fly. And he does climb around on stuff a lot, too. So he, you know, of course, being three months old, I'm sure his balance isn't really all the best. So he does mm-hmm. fall and hit the floor every once in a while. But he gets back yeah. up and, you know, starts climbing around and doing whatever. Um, as far as the wings go, he does use his wings a lot when he's climbing around. He uses them like, well, like we would use our arms. A know, finger, yeah, that's what... <laughs> but that's where we're noticing, you know, obviously that this wing is shorter. And we're just wondering, we don't really want him to fly anyways because, you know, she takes him outside on, you know, hot days and so on and so forth. And we don't want him to have to fly... Of course, if it's going to save us money and not have to clip his wings, that's always a good thing, too. We just wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be any other repercussions down the line, you know, as he gets older from some sort of deformity that we don't know anything about. I mean, we tried to Google it, and we couldn't even find anything on that. So Yeah, so that's and that's the challenge is... 
Yeah, I think a vet's going to need to put their eyeballs on things. And in many cases, we'll even need to shoot a quick x-ray just to see what bones are there. Because a lot of times, you know, we can take an x-ray and see that there's congenitally a lack of certain bones. Um, or that there was a previous fracture or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's well worth you getting into the vet at this point. Okay. Hope that helps out, Dan. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In Cincinnati, a lucky seven-year-old girl won an eight-pound lobster in a local supermarket raffle. But the lobster was really the lucky one. Miranda Hutchins was determined to win Bubba the lobster so she could set him free. Easier said than done. After winning, Miranda's family called and emailed zoos and aquariums, but none of them wanted Bubba. Finally, Mike Britson from the Columbus Zoo contacted a diver in Maine who agreed to find Bubba a home in the Atlantic. Miranda's family spent $280 to send Bubba to Maine in a foam container. Bubba should be safe from the dinner plate in Maine waters where lobsters his size are illegal to catch and keep. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hey, this is John Sally, and you are listening to Animal Radio. Go vegan. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. I know I have always preferred to say goodbye to my pets in my home rather than a vet's office, but vets these days are getting the message and beginning to make a lot of changes to their end-of-life protocol that they do in offices so that their clients and pets are more comfortable there and have a better experience. Many vet offices now provide what they're calling a comfort room with leather couches, really soft carpeting, candles, usually electric candles, uh, soft music and serenity gardens with water fountains, among those being some of the special touches. But those vet offices making these changes will often, too, make arrangements for cremation and take payment in advance over the phone so that um, as a grieving owner, so you don't have to deal with paperwork or questions once you're at the clinic because, let's face it, just being there and, and not crying is hard enough to do. But 
Many vets also offer memorial art, too, featuring a, a paw print of a dog or a cat. They even do ear prints for rabbits or a tail print for rats, and that gives the owner something to go home with from that appointment that day. And one animal hospital in Oregon takes it a step further, even uh, holding a monthly workshop for people who want to place a pet's ashes inside something like a piece of art or jewelry. Pretty it's come cool. a long way. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, you know, these changes I've seen in the time of, you know, my career, um, whereas, you know, of my two offices, one, we have the room and space and we have a comfort room and the other one, we try to make do with what we have <laughs> that still has to be useful for other things. But um, I think a lot of what you're mentioning is it's we know that's what people want. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the change is coming. I, I think it's a really, really good thing. Glad to see it. Los Angeles is going to become the largest city in the U.S. to ban the sale of fur. The city council there has voted unanimously to move forward with the ban, which they say is going to take uh, effect in 24 months after the final language is passed. And then the ban will prohibit the sale of coats, uh, purses, shoes, hats, uh, just about anything, jewelry, and any other products that are made in whole or in part from fur. Well, I got to think, especially in Los Angeles, that there will be an underground market and it will be kind of, you know, taboo to in, in, a, in, a, in a desirable way for some people to, to own a fur because obviously so many people own furs, especially in Los Angeles already. I, <clears throat> Kardashians? I, yeah. <laughs> so, what about the retailers? I mean, I, I'm just kind of looking on the other side. Do they have a um, pushback that, you know, hey, you're telling me what I can and can't sell? Do they? I mean, this is California. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> stars <laughs> and wealthy people there. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes through and if there's an appeal on it. But I don't really think what you said, Hal, because it seems like the area is so much more liberal, which I don't think is a bad thing. Uh, but so much really into animal rights, maybe is what I mean to say, that this comes as just an extension of that to most of the people there. Well, you remember when Bob Barker, he uh, he decided not to host, uh, was it Miss America pageant? Oh, because, yeah, one of those. That's right. Because they were wearing furs. Mm-hmm. That, he, he took a stand. But that was years ago. And he was way ahead of his time and all that. He was so awesome with that. Yeah, we should we say We have to have him is. back on. Yeah, he's still around, yeah, so let's yes. say he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that fall has arrived, winter is not too far off in a real snowy city. The felines of Denver are going to be the stars as the city hosts the Snowcats Cat Convention for a weekend of cats, art, and music. It's coming up on December 8th and 9th. You want to mark that down because they're going to be showcasing adoptable cats. They're going to have an on-site cat cafe and lounge so you can imbibe if you would like to. Um, Special guest speakers, musical acts. Meet and greets for celebrity felines, a film festival, and the favorite event that they're going to have that we love is the catchler auction, like a bachelor auction, a catchler auction, where they're going to have the finest cat men being auctioned off to raise money for cat charities. Uh, I'm sorry, cat men like Ooh. like human yeah. men yeah. that like cats. Men who like cats, yeah. Wow, so, huh. save my money. I assume you're going to be there, Hal. Yeah, I'll be uh, be auctioning myself off there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you should offer yourself, Hal. Aren't you from Denver? I am from Denver. Yeah, I, yeah, mm, yeah. No. And, and and you're you're a cat guy. It, animal radio, it's perfect. Al? I would be I would be so embarrassed if I only fetched like fifty dollars. Oh come on! 
Uh, it's good publicity. I would be there as a backup and make sure you went for at least 51. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yay, that. Judy. That is true love. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. Hi, this is Carrie Annie Nabo from Dance with the Stars. Don't forget to stay new to your animals, and you're listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Oh, what did he say? He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. Let's hit the phones. We have Anne on the phones. Hi, Anne. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Where are you today? I'm in Clovis, California. Oh, near Fresno, lovely Fresno. Right. What can we do for you? I have a question, and it's possibly if dogs could be allergic to black mission figs. And I'll be real brief. I have a little miniature rat terrier, weighs about 10 pounds, two and a half years old. Very, very active. Last Monday we noticed, or two weeks ago Monday, we noticed she was dragging her back leg a little bit. By mm-hmm. Tuesday, she couldn't stand up. We had to put a sling under her back legs. She was just oh, dragging wow. them. Took her to the vet. They did that test where they pinched her legs all the way up to the middle of the back. There was no flinching. She was, like, completely paralyzed for two days. I thought I was going to have to put her down. The doctor tried a dose of DMSO along with it had been given her prednisone. Okay. This yeah. was on a Thursday. By Friday, she was able to stand on her legs a little bit. By Saturday, she was walking a little wobbly. By Sunday, she was running and chasing the dog along the fence. Mm-hmm. Now, could is there a possibility? Because a year ago, we almost lost her, and it was it's exactly a year ago, and they never could find out what was wrong with her then, but she just didn't eat. She was listless and dehydrated and everything. Hmm. Okay. And you're concerned about the figs being a possible cause of that? Possibly, or else could she have had... The vet said he took x-rays. There was nothing that jumped out at him, but possibly a ruptured disc Mm -hmm. or a dislocated disc, but could she recover that quickly? Well, possibly, yeah. And. When we talk about uh, disc problems in dogs, um, you know, it's a spongy little cushion between the bones right below the spinal cord. So if one of those um, very suddenly impacts the spinal cord, um, causes a lot of pain, can lead to sudden paralysis, mm-hmm. um, some pets can respond very quickly and very favorably to steroids um, such as prednisone or dexamethasone. So that's possible. Um, and um, there are some more obscure things that can cause maybe a temporary paralysis but if with that therapy that he just um, he prescribed, she improved, I would actually have some faith perhaps that we may have a bad back and, you know, something to watch for in the future because a lot of pets can go on to have future episodes with their back. Okay. Okay. Whether or not that year prior that was related to that, I don't know. Um, you know, but some pets when early back problems will be uncomfortable. They just don't act themselves. They may be grumpy even mm-hmm. and not necessarily show signs of paralysis. So, you know, I can make a case for that perhaps. 
Um, generally, I can tell you, figs are pretty um, harmless to dogs okay. unless they eat lots of them, and well, then you get nice mushy poops. <laughs> okay. But I thought possibly because last it was exactly almost to the day a year ago we had a problem with her, and they never could figure out what was wrong with her. And I thought, is it possible? But so yeah, then we're looking not- at a disc, probably a back problem. Very likely. And, you know, I can make some really weird diagnosis out there. There are some types of, um, like, moldy foods that can actually cause a, they have basically a mycotoxin, um, a type of a fungus that, that is uh, toxic to the neurologic system. Um, so some pets can have that if they get into old dairy products, um, you know, garbage, even some old nuts sometimes, things like that can cause those problems. Um, so that's a possibility, but that's kind of a far stretch. And usually we have some pretty good information that a pet's kind of gotten into some things they shouldn't to cause that. So yeah, I would definitely be sure that with your um, with your rat terrier that we're, we're watching things that can be signs of back problems, reluctance to jump up and down, um, and just make special accommodations. Be ready that if we do have uh, future back things, this is definitely not a pet we want to be very um, athletic, jumping off high uh, areas in the home. Um, so we use a little extra caution, maybe even use a harness, um, you know, for walking purposes. So um, that that would be my my guess there, Anne. Yes, there. Okay. Like I said, I was curious, but it's it's unbelievable. I mean, we were looking at little doggy carts on the internet, and even thought mm. possibly have, we're going to have to put her down. Well, I'm glad it turned out like it did. I mean, that's uh, it's to make a recovery like that is uh, great. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. And thank you very much for your call today, calling from Fresno, California, listening on KYNO AM 1300. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hi, this is Prince Lorenzo Borghese on Animal Radio. Please remember to stay near to your animals. This is Animal Radio. You know, Halloween is just around the corner here. You can tell Judy already has up all the Halloween costumes around the studio that she's going to or planning to put on all the animals. Yes. I believe, Dr. Debbie, you get into this. Lori, I believe you even dress yeah. up uh, some of your dogs, mm-hmm. don't you? Every day. Almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crazy like that. I do enjoy the good festivities. You know, the you know Christmas hats and, you know, the little elf hats. I like that around the holidays. And then, of course, Halloween is a big favorite of mine. Do the animals like it? That's the question. You know what? My dogs are so food motivated that they will endure anything for a piece of watermelon. They just love it. So I get I get the photo ops. Um, I don't torture them and leave it on them. It's not something they would want on all day. But, you know, for a cute photo, they don't mind it. Every year you always see these pet costumes that come out, many of them not very original, like the hot dog. Yeah. But you know what? We came across some really very original and very unique costumes, and uh, we actually got to sample a couple. I have pictures here. This is Molly. Is this Molly, the this studio stunt Molly, dog? This is Molly, the studio dog. Yes. She is wearing a... Uh, 
A lion mane. A lion mane. And she looks very much like a lion there. She does. And she's only like seven, eight pounds. (laughs) And uh, you have one over here. Is this one you're going to give away? Yes. This is a mermaid. And I was looking at it. It looks like it could fit a dog maybe 15 pounds or so, maybe 10 to 20 pounds. Mm. We have Allison Albert. She's the founder of Pet Crew. And that's spelled with a a K, P-E-T-K-R-E-W-E. And uh, she's offering... Fun, high quality, and very unique pet costumes. Welcome to the show, Allison. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, I got to ask, is this something you do all year round? You you create costumes for animals? We do. We create costumes year round. um, And we believe every day is a reason to celebrate and dress your pets up. Not just for Halloween, but uh, every day you can unleash your own parade. Now, I guess uh, we're not alone here in the studios, 16% of American families actually dress up their animals for Halloween? That's correct. And about 4% pre-plan their pet's costume to match their costume uh, (laughs) six months before Halloween. (laughs) Wow. See, I I would think that percentage would be higher. So tell us a little bit about the costumes you have, because they're all very unique. And I wish this was television. As you describe them, I will hold up pictures to the microphone for those listeners. That (laughs) Sure. So since you guys had mentioned the mermaid costume... Um, this is one of our favorite costumes. On the tail, it's color-changing sequence that you can change it from a seafoam green to an emerald green, or seafoam blue to emerald green. And uh, we're gender neutral over here, so if you want to remove your seashells, um, you can and create a merman or create a mermaid, however your dog feels, whatever your dog is feeling for that day. Um, and then we also have uh, some of my other favorite costumes that we sell are our unicorn uh, hats for cats and unicorn hats for dogs. Uh, These come with like a little rainbow mane and a sparkly unicorn horn. And these are so much fun. We hand dye the fur fabric on the mane. So each one's a little different and a little unique. So so I got to ask, is there a dog, perhaps your dog, that is the, let's say, guinea pig for these costumes? Um, Well, we do have several. We call them our interns. The interns, interns. <laughs> the interns do enjoy dressing up because they always know that it treats uh, right behind the costume. So they, we do dress them up. But on a whole, we for all of our spec pictures and the pictures that go on uh, in, within our products that we sell, um, we go right down the street to Jefferson SCCA, and we use adoptable dogs to photograph in our costumes. And Aww. it serves as their gotcha adoption pictures as well as um, an amazing stock photo. And so we work with the dogs to get them used to human touch and playing with them. And uh, we never force it. If they don't want to wear a costume, we're cool with that. But for the day-to-day Instagram snaps, uh, we use our interns. So you're working on something that makes your business, your costume business, just a little bit different. And you're going to have to explain it in the most basic terms because I'm not a real techie guy. Uh, you know, I didn't think that interweb thingy or the face plant would take off. So <laughs> I, I need to be explained. What is this augmented reality that you're working on and how does it tie into with what you're doing? Sure. So we know that our customer wants more than just a pet costume. They want an experience. So we came up with the idea of using uh, augmented reality that creates crazy worlds that complement your uh, pet costume purchase from Pet Crew. So let me walk you through Pet Crew Go. What that means is if you got the mermaid outfit, uh, you dress your dog up as a mermaid, and then you go to either Apple, iTunes, or Google Play, and you download Pet Crew Go. 
once you download it, it'll open up, and you can say, "I got the mermaid costume. I want to go to under the world, under the sea world." So you select the world, and as your dog is sitting there in the costume, looking fabulous as a mermaid, you can start to place mermaids around your dog. So you can have a gossip of mermaids, and then you can put fish there. So it actually looks like real fish are swimming around your dog, who's the mermaid, and going under the sea. You can plant coral reefs right beside your dog. And then you can take a picture of your pup with this amazing digital backdrop. Cool. Wow. Video where your dog is walking through coral reefs with mermaids sitting on the banks, flapping their tails and fish swimming around your dog. And you can create a fun video and it's all free. Wow. That's That's awesome. Yeah, that is. Well, we're going to give away a mermaid. Yes. You sent us this mermaid. Uh, Now, this is, uh, what, what size would you say this is here? What kind of dog would have to wear this? So... We, with the adjustable straps, it would probably fit anything from a small little mixed carrier um, up to a pug. And it has the two little shells, too, which you can opt to use or not. If we're not lucky enough to get on through, what's the website? It's petcrew.com, and that's P-E-T-K-R-E-W-E.com. Crew is colloquial here in New Orleans for uh, a social club, and we welcome everyone to be part of the crew here. Thanks, Allison, for spending time with us today. Once again, it has just flown by. We have so much fun with you. If you need your fix during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This is Animal Animal Radio Radio Network. Network.